vocalist uh, who I've had the chance to get to know a bit, done a couple FaceTimes and talked about potentially having uh, Andrew on the channel. Uh, eh, we're just trying to get the time writing for it. But recently, a YouTuber named Spencer Smith dropped a video breaking down some things in the Christian music industry specifically. Uh, it's called, Have We Reached a New Low in Christian Music? And I wanted to take a moment. I wanted to show some clips. Shout out to Spencer Smith. He seems like a very dope YouTuber. Congratulations to him for just cracking 100,000 subscribers. Anyone I ever critique or, or, or respond to is always welcome to come on my channel. That includes you, Spencer. Uh, you're, you're more than welcome to come on the channel. So, there's some stuff in here that I think is good. There's some stuff in here that I disagree with. And there's some stuff that I just think is disputable, right? There's just some stuff that's just like, eh. You know, so let's just jump right into it. So Spencer Smith, um, he is a missionary. That's his title, uh, Missionary Spencer Smith. That's I've actually never seen somebody put that before their name. That's interesting. And I don't know a lot about Spencer Smith. I don't know if he's like the uh, second coming of... Um, like a Southern white G. Craig Lewis, or if he's like a new manifestation of Brother Paul Washer on YouTube. I don't know much about him. I try to do a little bit of research. I don't know much about him. And this is going to be less about uh, attacking him personally, because I don't, I don't have a whole lot of issue with what he says, but it's some of the nuance that I think he's missing that I do want to address and 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 just break down. So let's just get into it. This is at I'm gonna play you guys like was it five clips I got lined up. This is uh, a minute and three seconds into the video. Here we go. In the first century church, they heavily emphasized doctrine. That is abundantly clear. But the modern church is not doing that. The modern church is treating doctrine like it's some sort of relic, like it's almost as if it's a very conservative grandma in a very liberal family. It's, you know, we love you. We're glad you're here. We understand why you're here. But we have a lot more fun when you're not here. And so <laughs> I love that. Here's the issue when you get into the weeds about guys that like to talk about doctrine. Pay attention to how many times he uses the word doctrine in this video. It's a lot. I mean, he says the word doctrine probably a couple dozen times. What do we mean by doctrine? What are we saying when we use the word doctrine? Doctrine just simply means teaching. And he goes on to quote First Timothy and, and Paul writing him and talking about the doctrine of devils and doctrine of devils. All these doctrines. What does he mean? Now, here's the deal. When people talk about doctrine, more or less, um, they're not really talking about like the closed handed doctrines that we're going to talk about later in this video. Make sure you watch till the end. Those closed handed essential doctrines that are required for salvation, required for orthodoxy, important to the Christian faith. When People, and I don't know Spencer, this is why I said I don't know if he's on some G. Craig Lewis vibes. I don't know if he's on some Brother Paul Washer vibes. I don't know if he's just like, hey, I'm a Bible-believing Christian vibes. I don't know. But primarily, when I've heard people repeatedly use the word doctrine and 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 doctrine, what they're really talking about is more of the secondary doctrine, the disputable doctrine, the doctrines of, ah, where are you at on predestination and the sovereignty of God? Do you believe in the sovereignty of God, brother? Do you believe in the rapture is going to be pre-tribulation or are you a covenant? theology guy what is he talk what is he really talking about now if spencer is saying 
we need to come back to historical Christianity and reaffirm the close-handed doctrines of the faith. I'm with you, Spencer Smith, 100% with you, missionary brother Spencer Smith. I'm there with you, right? Which doctrines, though? Because that's where it gets weird. And then he, he opens it really good. Like, I'm like, yeah, what are we talking? Doctrine, I'm with you. Close-handed. Let's make sure we're coloring within the lines of orthodoxy. We're going to get to those in a second. But as the video goes on, I'm not so sure. Let's keep watching. Well, say, you know, Brother Spencer, he's really taking a stand on Christian music. Well, I, I wouldn't put it that way. I think it's more of I've tried to take a stand on Christian doctrine and try to bring people <laughs> back word. to orthodoxy. I'm with and you. one of the orthodoxy. easiest ways to spot heresy is just look at the music. Usually when there's bad music in a church, there's bad doctrine, too. And so yeah. if you're building a building and you don't really have a stand... So, again, doctrine. Usually when there's bad music in a church, there's doctrine. Okay, fair enough. Okay, let's, let's, let's keep watching. He uses the ruler example, how we, how we need a ruler, we need a gauge. I'm with you there. Uh, let's, let's keep watching. Let's keep watching. Oh, when doctrine gets thrown out, weird stuff comes in. Doctrine and then what once was your church is now some pagan temple. Pagan but they're temple. still using okay. the vocabulary of Christianity. Okay. And this is what's happened in Christian music today. The Christian emphasis is now today. on what sounds good. And who can give you the most euphoric religious experience while you listen to these songs? Now, he gets into this, which is interesting. False spirit that causes involuntarily convulsing. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> here is a, just, just a quick, 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 quick. I think he's an error on one minor thing, not a doctrinal thing at all, Spencer. He says this is the issue with Christian music today, as if there's a Christian music agenda to be flippant with orthodoxy and just anything goes in Christian music. Here's the thing about that. The, the artist he's critiquing, Ecclesia, is an independent artist. He's not signed to a major label. He doesn't have any major backing. He doesn't have any massive uh, platform. He has 13,000 followers on Instagram, right? So he presents this like, I don't want to say conspiracy, but it's almost as if like there's this agenda in the Christian music. First of all, listen, CCM has been goofy, okay? CCM has been wonky. Anytime you commence commerce and industry and ministry, it gets weird, all right? It, it, it gets weird. I don't, I don't care who you want to point to. It just gets weird. It, it, the, the, the most theologically sound to the, to the, to the Bethels and the Hill songs, it's just going to get weird. But to assume that there's an agenda, what it, it's not that there's an agenda. What it is is there's this little thing called technology and social media where we have to, uh, where we get to uh, put out stuff, and if people like it, they'll support it. And that's more or less what Ecclesia did. This is, Ecclesia is not, again, not signed to any type of major label, not signed to, there's no cosigns. Ecclesia went on tour with Montel Fish. Montel Fish is also as indie as he gets. Ecclesia, Andrew from Ecclesia is 23 years old. Montel Fish is 23 years old. Okay, now I don't know how old you guys are that are watching this video. When I was 23 years old, I was a train wreck. Okay? I love Jesus. I was plugged into church. I was in ministry. Uh, just got married. I was not uh, in, in a healthy space theologically necessarily, nor was I in a healthy place personally, financially, in any sense of the word. Okay. I wasn't. And then when you add to the fact that social media uh, 
creates not a perfect, but almost a meritocracy-esque system. Meritocracy just meaning based on somebody's merit and artistic value, social media will promote whoever they want to promote, right? And so Ecclesia is not a byproduct of any Christian music agenda or the church today. It's a byproduct of just dude putting out fire music and eventually people caught on to it. And what happened? He got popping. That's literally what it is. It's, it's that simple. So I just wanted to dispel that because I think it's, in, it's interesting and it's important when we start talking about the Christian music. Listen, Montel Fish, Ecclesia, those folks in that circle have nothing to do with Christian music, literally. Those kids don't go to Nashville and work with Chris Tomlin or, or, or what's the other guy's name? Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Jesus freak. Uh, 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 the, 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 the guy that's put out Goatee Records. What? Uh, Toby Mac. Like, that's not the world. When we think Christian music, we're thinking Toby Mac. We're thinking Capital Christian. That's not the world that they're in. Like, not even a little bit. They're literally scraping together tours and going and doing, like, mission strips in Brazil and doing worship. Like, it's, I hate this word, but it's very organic and just, or, like, it just sprouted up. Okay, so I just want to make that distinction because I think it's, it's, just, it's just weird when we start with, like, doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. And then as you peel away at the layers, we're really talking about 23-year-old kids on social media. And I say kids because I was a kid. Yes, they're grown and they're adults and all that kind of stuff. But listen, at 23, you just don't know a whole lot, right? You just, you just don't. And, and you add clout and social media exposure and traveling and the peer pressures and the 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 social and the spiritual pleasure uh, pressure of being an artist and it's a lot so let's go back to spencer smith and and let's watch some more subjective anyway so why would we be unnecessarily divisive that's the logic of today and so because doctrine's gone something's filled the void now in christian music because doctrine's gone Something has filled the void in Christian music. Has it, though? Has it? In Christian music? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm with you there, Spencer, but let, let, let's keep watching. Now, now so he, he makes this great point for doctrine and orthodoxy, and I'm like, yeah, Spencer, I'm with you. And then watch what he starts Watch what he's talking about. Now, he makes some valid points when he starts critiquing uh, Andrew from Ecclesia, and he makes some not-so-much-valid points, okay? Uh, let, let, let's, let's, let's watch. ...music in Christian churches, and you see guys like this. This is a group called Ecclesia, and uh, very young people, and this is their Instagram account. Very young and I'm not going to show you this account, <laughs> everything that's on it, because there actually is nudity on here, which I find <gasps> to be appalling, but... I want to show you some of the posts that he has made. Uh, this guy, if you see, he's he's got pictures of him with the all-seeing eye on his forehead, which you, we've dealt with that in Third Adam. And uh, this is a Christian artist today. This is a guy who... Played now, he literally pulled out, like, the most weirdest, sketchiest picture. <laughs> he definitely did. He definitely pulled out the, the like, the pretty wild picture. Okay, so let's, let's keep watching. And then he gets into this, right? Um... Now, now he gets into uh, them with with the hands and just bizarre stuff. And at the same time, he's using Christian jargon and talking about his faith in Christ and love for the Lord the whole time. Uh, here is one that he has done, and, I, and this is just this is really weird. He's got that contact lens in, and uh, this is what he said. He said, "So this is really weird. He has that contact lens in." So are we judging doctrine or are we judging appearance? 
Are we judging what somebody is stating by their belief and whether they're coloring within the lines of orthodoxy, or are we judging based on symbols and uh, association to pagan uh, ideas or, or just pe pagan visuals, right? That's the part, that's the part where, just listen to the language as he goes on. Yeshua embodies this so perfectly as an example for us. We can so easily fall into the way of lawlessness, yeast of Herod, or the way of legalism, yeast of the Pharisees. Uh, both are antichrist. The narrow way is the way of spirit and truth, the way of endless freedom and sacrificial love. In this path, you learn that all things are pure to those that are pure. In this path, you learn that the, that love is the best way. In this path, you tr many try to catch you and heap labels upon you, but you are free in the flow, caught up in the wind. The wind blows wherever it p pleases. They hear it sound, but they cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now that, to the untrained eye, that sounds okay. But really what that is, is I'm just going to be what I am and believe whatever I want to believe. And I'm not going to let anybody pin me down on any label. And that mm, basically that this is the language of people who have... He didn't say anything about a label, did he? ...said that doctrine does not matter. And thus, God becomes subjective, and monstrosities like this show up. Now, mon, let me show mon, you this. Mon, look, now watch what he says again. This right here, this is another picture of him and uh, with that just grotesque contact lens in. But this is what he said. He's, he's <laughs> so, so he's jumping from like, hey, monstrosity, a grotesque contact lens. He uses the word weird a lot, right? It, it, it keeps going back to these themes. Now, again, I'm going to tell you some of the stuff I agree with. I'm going to tell you some stuff I disagree with. Explains the contact lens and what he's doing here. And he says this. He said, The orange and blue eye is a symbol of heavenly vision, perfect balance of spirit and truth. Only with the eyes of Christ can we begin to participate in the redemptive work of the gospel, calling out the gold and light where most people don't have the prophetic sight to see it. This is what Father, Mother, God does for us, and we get to co-labor in this work with our families, institutions, and with the... What? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Followers of Christ were never meant to be closed-minded religious fundamentalists. Where did you get that from, sir? This is the... Okay, so... Let me see ...language else, of a man who has thrown doctrine to the wind and just believes that God is whoever he wants him to be. I mean, that's just how it is. Now, let me show you just for a moment some... So, so here, here's the deal. Now, do I believe in uh, closed-handed doctrines for orthodoxy? Absolutely. I talk about them here all the time. Do I think uh, Andrew from Ecclesia said anything off there? Yeah. If you actually go to that post, you'll see a comment from me saying, hey, man, uh, you know, I don't have any problem with him wanting to wear an orange contact lens to symbolize, what do you say, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I said, however... I said, however, you start getting kind of wonky in the doctrines when you refer to God as a mother. You can see my comment, right? So it's not like I didn't say that. I said that on the comment. The difference is I affirmed what he said. I said, I, I could see where you're coming from, but here's where I think I would disagree with you, right? So how do we find that balance? How do we find that balance of saying, hey, here... You're doing some cool stuff. You're making some good art. You're talking about Jesus unapologetically. You're, you're, you're sharing your faith. Here, 
I can't be I can't go there with you, mother father. I don't know about that part, right? That's mm, that's a little weird. Now, I'll give you guys the 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 the, the framework for this. Um, and, and this is kind of where it comes from, right? This is kind of where it comes from. Um, Ho- Hosea chapter 13, verse 8. Like a bear whose cubs have been taken away, I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. So this is God talking about his people, right? And he says, like a bear whose cubs have been taken away. There's some arguments, not co-signing these arguments, but there are some arguments that that is referring to God in a feminine sense. There's also some that would argue, again, now I'm not co-signing it, that would say, hey, there's, there's, um, there's, there's, there's words for some of the names of God in the original Hebrew that sound more feminine than masculine, right? That's where you get, you can get into some wonky stuff. Again, I'm not co-signing it. I'm just saying there is some historical precedent for that. My issue becomes this. Yes, let's correct that. Let's say, hey, God as mother is not, we're not going to go there. That's, that's weird. All throughout scripture, we see God, the father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I'm with you. What bugs me personally, what bugs me is when we start saying stuff like weird, grotesque, appearance, symbols, all seeing eyes. I'll tell you guys a personal story. I started a production company in 2007, 2008. This was my first business name. And that business name was, uh, the name of the company was I Am Productions. E-Y-E-A-M Productions. I still have a business account under the name. And our logo was an I. It was an I, and it was for the great I am, right? But we spelled the E-Y-E-A-M Productions. I, I am Productions. And our logo was an I. And uh, according to these standards, if, if I had a T-shirt that I made back then, which I don't think we ever made any I am Productions standards, then, we would, th- then, then I would be promoting pagan symbolism. I would be promoting things that are anti-God, that are, that are, that are uh, Illuminati-esque, and, and, and so on and forth, so forth. And this is where, again, when we're talking doctrine, what are we talking about? What are we actually talking about? Are we talking about symbolism? Are we talking about disputable manners? Are we talking about appearances? Are we talking about that kind of stuff? Are we actually talking um, close-handed, orthodox coloring lines, right? And I will say that people that do start using some of this stuff sometimes do tend to color outside the lines. Let's talk about appearances. Okay, we all know this story. If you, if you don't know, I'll, I'll refresh you. First uh, uh, Samuel 16, David, they go all to all of the brothers and David has repeated, this, this, this pattern is repeated where uh, Samuel is looking for someone that looks a certain way, that, that, that appears a certain way. He looks over David repeatedly. And then God tells Samuel this. And again, we all know the passage. We all know the passage. First uh, Samuel 16, he says, But the Lord said, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, right? And the same thing happens when David goes in to fight uh, Goliath. Paul, excuse me, uh, Saul tries to put his armor on David and David goes, hey, I don't feel comfortable in this. David did not look the part of a warrior. David did not look the part of a man of God, right? He didn't look that part. And so 
if we're going to correct doctrine, which I think we should, by the way, I, I think we should, we have to be specific to say, let's correct the actual error in, 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 in the belief and not get hypercritical about appearances for the sake of being hypercritical about appearances. That actually doesn't serve anybody any good. If we're, if we're all about doctrine, 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 cool. Let's look at doctrine. Let's look, let's look at doctrine. What are we supposed to believe as Christians? What are we supposed to believe as Christians? What are those closed-handed doctrines of the faith, right? Well, we can go back to the very first decree, and I talk about this decree all the time. Why? Because I actually care about doctrine. And here's the deal. I don't have to spend all my time. I don't have to spend all my time rebuking and correcting everyone if I instead focus my time on speaking proper and healthy doctrine. I could show you guys, hey, this is what we're supposed to believe. Anybody that colors outside of the lines, anybody that colors outside of these lines is in error, right? If, if we're talking doctrine. So what, what are we supposed to believe? Here's the first decree in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This was something that was already passed around in, in, uh, amongst the early Christians. The very first one, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter, then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. What is that saying? What is that saying? That is saying that, hey, here are some closed-handed doctrines. Here are some closed-handed doctrines. What, what are those? What are those? I pass on to Christ one most important, but Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture says. So there's an affirming of Scripture. He was buried. He literally died. He raised from the dead on the third day, and then he affirms the Scriptures again. Then he, then he appeared to multiple people. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there in that passage. And that to me, let's point people to that. Let's point people to Ephesians chapter two. Let's point people to actual doctrine where some people may be in error instead of uh, talking about appearances, his contact lens. It, it, if Spencer would have made that exact same video and never mentioned his contact lens, never mentioned his um, the way he dresses, never would have mentioned that stuff, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with the video. I really wouldn't have. And again, I know Andrew personally. I've FaceTimed with Andrew. We've talked about him coming out of, on the channel. I've decided it, it wasn't in, in my best interest or his best interest. And here's what you guys got to think about. Andrew's 23. Andrew's 23. And some of you guys are 18, 19. You're watching this video. You think you have all the good doctrine. You got all the right answers. You got it all figured out, right? What you will realize is when you turn, uh, when you get older, <laughs> when you get older and you are in your 30s, you'll realize that you really didn't know anything, right? You really, did, you really didn't know anything. And so uh, I don't know where I, in, in this ex exact conversation, uh, anybody would say that I slandered Spencer. I didn't slander Spencer. I think Spencer is, has the right heart, is, is saying a lot of the good things. The issue is, the issue is, and have no confusion, when we start putting disputable manners in place of closed-handed doctrine, that is where we can slip into legalism. We could slip into uh, traditionalism. We could slip into traditional institutions telling you who can or can't be um, artistic, creative, expressive. 
And we really don't want that. You guys may think you want that. You guys may think, oh, we, we shouldn't have anybody who has tattoos or who paints their hair funny colors or who wears orange contact lenses. That's a distract. You really don't want a, a world where Christians can't express themselves. You really don't want that, right? So I think we have to be very careful that if we're going to critique somebody's doctrine, let's critique their doctrine. And he had a lot of, you know, good points. Father, mother, God, that's pretty off, right? Some of the stuff, pretty off. The rest of it, mm, I'm not really, I'm not really rocking with it. I'm not really rocking with the, the ugh, he's weird. Why are we using the word weird over and over and over and over again? What's the point? What's the point? And if that's your language, by the way, if that's your language, if that's your language, you need to check your own heart. You need to check your honor. If you if you're if you're stumbling across an artist and your first thing is he looks weird, because where do you draw the line? Okay, for Andrew, it's he dyed his hair a funny color and wore a funny colored eye contact. Okay, that's weird to you. How about what do you, what do you stumble across? Maybe there's a, a black artist and they have dreadlocks, and you've never you don't know anybody with dreadlocks. Does that then become weird to you? By the way, because there are discriminatory laws in Texas, schools in Texas that make it so where people have to chop off their dreadlocks to walk and graduate. That is true. You can look that up. Is that is so 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 to you, uh, Andrews? Um, grotesque weird colored eye is weird and his color and his hair color is weird and then to somebody else oh dreads are weird and this kid can't walk and graduate because he has dreadlocks this is happening right now this is happening right now and some of you guys are so caught up in your own view and your own and your own sensitivities and your own biases that you're 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 more content with letting people uh, not feel embraced, not feel accommodated, not on doctrinal things, but on just straight superficial appearances, just straight superficial appearance. Am I defending Andrew for calling? No. What I'm saying is you guys don't really know the person behind the person, right? And, and again, and there's, and there's going to be ignorance here. There's going to be people that say, literally going to be people that say uh, dreadlocks are bad. And you know what? You're not welcome on this channel if you think that. If you think hair color makes a difference, if you think piercings make a difference, if you think tattoos make a difference, if you think dreadlocks make a difference, you're just not welcome here. I'm, I, you're, you're beyond me helping you, right? These are disputable matters called open-handed doctrines, non-essential secondary issues. Can we discuss them? Absolutely. We do all the time on this channel. I have multiple videos. Is, uh, is alcohol a sin? Is tattoos a sin? We could talk about all of that. But when you start saying dreadlocks are bad, co contact lenses are bad, dyeing your hair is bad, this is bad, it's weird, it's grotesque, fam, that's not, that's, that, that, that is not reflected in scripture. And by the way, if we're going to talk about appearances, let's not forget, Jesus didn't appear like the most religious person. Who persecuted Jesus? Who put Jesus on the cross? It was the religious people. Right. And what did they have to say about him? They said, oh, you're a drunkard. You're a friend of you're a friend of sinners and tax collectors. His appearance was one way and, and it was confusing for the religious people. So I don't I'm not saying Spencer is being religious here. I don't know. I wish he would have made a nice, clean video specifically talking about, hey, here's A, B and C where I think he's an error theologically. Boom. Cool. When you start getting into appearances, when you start getting into uh, how the color of someone's eye—listen, if Andrew from uh, you know if Andrew wants to wear an orange 
eye contact lens to represent the passion of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and seeing, what is it to you? Like, why does that matter to you? Why make a video and repeatedly harp on the point of his contact lens colors? That's just weird. That's just weird to me. So I don't know. I don't know. I want to hear from you guys. By the way, Spencer Smith, you're welcome to come on. I would love to have this conversation with you in person. I agree with a lot of what you said. I just think when we start using doctrine, 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 people, from my experience, not everybody, but from my experience, the people who do that tend to slide right in to kind of making a big fuss out of disputable matters, people who slide right into name calling, people who slide right into shaming, people who slide right into otherizing, you have dreadlocks, you're not a Calvinist, you're not covenant theology, you're not KJV only, you're not this, you're not that, right? That, that, that's, that, that is dangerous. That is called legalism, right? And again, I don't know your heart, Spencer. I just wish you would have stuck to the script. Stick to the main thing. Let's make the main thing the main thing. And by the way, pray for Andrew. Pray for that kid. And when I say kid, I mean kid. He's 23 years old. You do not know what's going on in his personal life. You do not going, you don't, you don't understand what's going on in his spiritual walk. You don't understand what's going on in his mental health. You have no idea what he's going through. And so to me, it's just it's just a little weird when you have a a, a grown man. I'm assuming Spencer's in his late 30s, 40s, you know, critiquing a 23-year-old, uh, calling them weird and grotesque based on appearances. That to me is weird. That to me is weird. I don't know. I don't know. Right? So pray for pray for Andrew. Pray for Spencer. Spencer, I'd love to have you on come on this channel. What do you guys think about this conversation? I'd love to hear from you. King Stream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. I saw my mama smile through the silhouette. Sunshine and all, sunshine and all. But she don't know that I still feel like we ain't made it yet. No, I ain't lying at all. I ain't lying at all. I remember walking back from grocery stores and she would carry me sore. Muscles didn't mean a thing, we just had to see this thing through. And now she got bad hips and needs to replace. I wonder if I walk, could this pain have been erased? Uh, was that a cause of her failing health? She fell down, it's only right I help. Uplift despite the complicated things I felt From cash aid to building generational wealth Look, from her just hoping she can land a job To owning businesses, not feeling ah Yeah, I need some real estate next I've been the realist, not best Is there a difference? I guess, nah Yeah, they told me God bless 